What is up, ACL Nation? Welcome into episode number 11. I can't do it. We're out of fingers. Episode got it. I got number, you. There you go. That works. Episode number <laughs> 11 of Bagging and Bragging. We got a fun episode today. Um, as you can see, I'm on the road. I'm hanging out at the Cobb household. So no highlights as I don't have time to edit them. But we In one day? Do, yeah, <laughs> not, not, not enough turnaround time here. Um, but we do have a double interview instead. So we're going to give you a double dose of what Mish and I have to ask Gavin Cano and Alan Rawls as we recap open number eight in Winter Haven, Florida. Mish, how's your weekend so far? Uh, weekend was great. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I didn't know it was still going, but I'm excited about it. Uh, no, we went up to the snow. We were up in the mountains. It was super fun. Um, I love the snow. I know that I don't live in like Michigan or something where pro people probably hate it because we just get like a dusting. Not here where I live, but just like 30 minutes up the road. Um, but we got a couple good snowstorms and I was like, we got to get, we got to test out the Bronco. We got to go, you know, explore and we did sledding and had a fire and it was just awesome. I'm curious to see what kind of snowstorm you think of. Like for us in the Midwest, there's various snowstorms. We have sideways blizzards where the ice is hitting the side of the face. But I want to see what a California snowstorm looks like. It's a little sprinkling it's like, of salt. Um, well, no, I mean, like in Paradise is like 1700 elevation. So you're not, it's not too intense right. there. But just up the road about an hour, I mean, they're still, they've been without power for like five days. So it's been pretty rough up there for them. Oh, man. Um, but yeah, closer down to where we are, it's, it's more just pretty than it is like a nuisance, uh, which is why I like it. Yeah. I've been seeing some people on Facebook post pictures of, you know, I was just in 80 degree weather down in Florida and come mm -hmm. back to snow. Thanks a lot, mother nature. And yeah, that's quite the I'm shock. Chilling. Yeah. It was uh 70 <laughs> ish, 80 here, something like that. So is it? Wow. Yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying the warm weather. Uh, I think we got another week of 80 degree weather down here in West Wego. So. That should be fun. Got a bunch of issues trying to get some stuff down here, but we got time. And I think we might be able to squeeze in a day of golfing too. So I don't, I I don't golf. I hate not golf. I like golf. I hate the heat when it should be winter. That like makes me mad yeah. because I like seasons. Well, you got to move to the Midwest because we got plenty of them. Sometimes it happens <laughs> 30 times a year where you have winter on Monday and then summer on Friday. But the, the Midwest is where I've been pretty much my entire life and I can't wait to get away. I want to, I want to do like San Diego weather, you know, where it's 70 and it we feels cold two and seasons. windy, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but that's, the snow, that's I, I'm, I'm glad I'm, I'm running away from the snow this year. The ACLs put the travel schedule together where when it gets cold back home, we, we go, we run away, we go somewhere else. Yeah, that makes sense. I don't, I don't know. I grew up in LA, so I lived the first 20 years of my life with two seasons. And so I just really appreciate a fall and a, a winter. It's, it's nice. I like it, but we are, as Wally said, going to have a couple of interviews. We're also going to have a mindset with me segment at the very end here. But before we get into all of that, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be back right after this. All right, Wally. Do you have something to brag about? I do got some things to brag about, Misha. Okay, let's hear um, it. I want to start off with bragging about the Cornhole family. The Cornhole community is amazing. The Lisa Reese Ryan Weedfeld uh, raffle ends today, and we raised over $1,200 for those two. Awesome. Um, so that's pretty good considering it's only a dollar a spot. So we had over 1,200 entries in the raffle. Um, and one raffle entrant 
in particular is Shauna Foreman. Like, you just went through your own thing, Shauna. And then mm -hmm. here she is turning right back around and giving to another cause. So that just goes to show you the Cornhole family is unmatched whenever it comes to generosity. And I I'm very, very thankful bragging on the Cornhole family. I can piggyback off of that because we did a, a cancer foundation or a cancer tournament for someone mm -hmm. locally who's struggling. And we did that on Sunday and we raised over $2,000. A bunch of people came out, even people that had no idea who she was. They still came out, you know, paid the larger fee to play knowing that you know it's a larger yeah. fee because it's not for us right it's for yeah, somebody yeah, yeah. else and everyone just pays it plays the game knows we're donating we had a few raffle prizes everybody went in on those and really lifted her spirits and a few people from she couldn't come because she was having chemo but a few people from her community came like her best friend and and just talked about how uh, much this means to her and like i said most people in that room have no idea who this woman is and yet here yeah, they are it doesn't matter support her and um, make her feel like she's loved by strangers yeah as, as long as there's not a big tournament going on like the cornhole community they show up yeah you know, we, we're always down to support for good cause i mean for god's sakes we spend a hundred dollars a day basically on alcohol easily yeah <laughs> why, why not give <laughs> some of that money to the charitable cause absolutely uh, another thing i want to brag about uh not necessarily my picks but my people I mean, I don't know if you had a chance to watch this weekend, but Ryan Trader and Jeremy Frazier oh my goodness. were amazing. Um, it, it's really, really cool to go out on a limb and put up some of these kind of no-names, if you will, on my top teams to watch, and then them back it up. Um, yeah. Seeing how deep Ryan Trader Make went, not smart. just in doubles, but in singles. <laughs> yeah, it makes me look like a genius, and all I'm doing is just kind of <laughs> guessing throwing a dart at a board, you know, 500 feet away and it's hitting. So Ryan Trader made me look like a genius this weekend. And then unexpectedly, he wore the canine jersey when he made it happen. So, I, of course, he I does. get to do my little bragging part on it and say, hey, it's only because he wore the canine jersey that he did. Absolutely. <laughs> no talent <laughs> no, whatsoever. The, yeah, the kid was a beast, though. And, and I was happy to see it. Um, but just Ryan Trader's... Um, smarts and ability to execute and didn't look like he got nervous at all when he was playing against Fisher Hamilton, you know, Matt guy, Mark Richards, he just kept his composure in there. So yeah, shout out he, to him. Shout out he to Jimmy took Frazier. His time. I, love it. Yeah. I mean, he definitely took the full 12 seconds at a lot of moments when it really mattered. Like you could tell he was <clears throat> so methodical. Like usually the kids, like, I think we timed it right. Like they're just like lightning the, the, when these kids yeah. play how long it takes them to get through an entire round or, you know, match. And then with him, it was like, he was throwing like a seasoned pro. Like he was just yeah. taking his time. And I was so impressed by him and he was right there with Alex Hicks. I mean, that's gotta be so intimidating. You would think. Yeah. And they were, they were loving it, but to his credit, whenever I uh, told you before about Jeremy Frazier, he's like, Hey, I play Cheyenne, put me on the main court next. Or, Hey, I play Matt guy, put me on the main court next. Ryan Trader came over to me, did the same exact thing. He said, Hey, Smart. can you get Alex Hicks and my, my match on the main court? And I was like, dude, I was like, I don't, I'm not in charge of those anymore, but you're in the King seat match. And yeah, I think you're okay. 12 year old. Yeah. <laughs> we want to see this just as much as everybody else does. So, and every time that he was on the broadcast court, man, shout out to all my St. Louis people, the dead and bragging guys, they are dead and bagging guys. They would share it like crazy. And my mm. numbers would go up from like 700 views to like 900 views. Um, so it was really, really cool to see that this weekend. Um, 
I saw at one point you were right. like at 1100 when I looked up at the number. Yeah. And that was earlier in the day. It wasn't even for the finals. Yeah, so exactly. That, that, was, that was cool. Absolutely. What about you? What are you bragging on? Oh, man. I mean, like I said, that tournament was on the top of my list just because that was so great. We had 70 people come out and play on a rainy Sunday. Uh, so not the best conditions to be driving long distances in, but long distances in. But they came yeah. out and showed up and um, really, really uh, proud of this community that we have together. And also there was a, a new guy that came. He's like, he's never thrown before. So he like, he didn't know he had to bring bags. So I let him borrow some bags and he was throwing and ended up buying bags from us. And he loves them. It was like the, it was the BG oh, wizard. Nice. Yeah. He was like, I really like the way these feel. I'm like, that's like what you go off of in the beginning. It's just, how does Pretty it much, feel in yeah. your hand? <laughs> you know, he doesn't even know it's like such an elite bag. Right. He's just like, mm -hmm. these feel good. <laughs> I'll go with these. Are pretty. <laughs> I'll go with this. Um, and so he came in and he, uh, he had a great time. You know, Nick kind of worked with him on his pitch a little bit to help him. Cause he was doing the tumble bag. Yeah, Fast yeah. forward to yesterday. He wants to come tomorrow because our normal Wednesday night and, I guess his car's not working or something. So he posted in our group like, hey, is anyone coming from this area and could give me a ride? And then our community's like, well, what's going on with your car? Maybe we can help you out with that. Like, I'm like, who says that? This is a stranger, yeah. right? <laughs> like, and so then they're all like talking about like how maybe he can fix his car. <laughs> so it's just once that's again. A one up right there for sure. I know, hard. right? <laughs> like, well, we can help get your ride, but we can also maybe help fix your car if you, if you want to look into that. Yeah, that's like a teach a man how to fish thing. <laughs> I could take you to one cornhole tournament or I could fix your car and save you for at least years. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's but I cool, love though. the I love that. And whenever we do like fundraiser tournaments when people hire us and we go other places, the and then when our people show up at those, the feedback from the new people is everybody was so nice. Everybody made me feel so welcome. Um, and so I just really appreciate that the kindness that comes out that they thought, I, I thought everybody would be annoyed with me because I don't know the rules. And like, that's just not happening. Like people no. are just so gracious. And um, that's why anything, it gives us another talking point to have fun with. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I know. Oh yeah. <laughs> we, might, we might poke funny a couple of times, but I mean, we're right there with you for the most part. Did you, yeah. Did you see Josh Keck's post was like questions you've been asked as a yeah. director. Oh my God. I had yeah. so much fun reading those <laughs> <laughs> questions people ask. Um, and then funny. I, I saw the bag in the rafters that you showed on the stream. Yeah, easy like, through that bag. 30, feet maybe even knows probably more than that that had to be probably good 60 feet in the air 60 feet i would say so we'll ask well how's that gonna get how's that gonna get to the hole <laughs> that's quite i don't art. know like so they were doing long toss so he, like, he had to put a little bit more on it but i would probably say it was a good at least 50 feet in the air we'll, we'll figure out in a second we ask uh, either gavin or alan but i'm i'm pretty sure it was a good Did 50 they get feet it? in the air no, it's it's up there. So it was actually <laughs> that Eric was a Davis's bag. <laughs> yeah, it was Eric Davis's long toss bags and easy toss it up there. And they're like, he's not worried about it, but it was definitely the talking point of the weekend. So um, <laughs> I, I hope we go back to the same venue next year. I'm going to look for it first thing. I want to see if it's still just up like there. a layer of dust sitting on top of it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. All right. Well, uh, we can bring Gavin on and ask him because now I'm I'm curious about it. But um. All right, you got you ready to bring him on, Wally, after we take this break? Quick break. Let's get him. All right, break and back with Gavin.
All right, so uh, it is time for our first interview. We're going to bring on Gavin Cano here with us today. Um, he had a great weekend this past weekend and this season as a rookie. So uh, welcome, Gavin, to the show. What's up? What's up? What up, brother? Are you right, so, uh Yeah, first question. How tall was it? Was it 50 feet? <laughs> yeah, how tall was it? I think it was 70 feet, actually. That's <laughs> even worse. Man, but easy like I think I had Kat on the microphone with me whenever it happened. And easy or Andrea walks right behind us. And you know Andrea's expression. She's just sitting there shaking her head, disappointed and easy. <laughs> and then Kat's on the microphone, like, I got nothing to say. <laughs> but why was he throwing Eric's bag? Because it's a specific long toss bag. It's a bag they don't care about losing in case they have to Oh, okay. Got it, got yeah, it. Yeah, but you didn't, you didn't participate in none of that long toss stuff, did you? No, nah, I, I, was, I was still in the tournament. I couldn't. Stay but I don't zone. think I would anyways. Yeah. <laughs> that's crazy. You up. Yeah, absolutely. That's so far. That's crazy. But I just understand the uh, max arc to get distance. That That's pretty nuts. But, hey, whatever it takes. All right, Gavin. So as a rookie this season, well, actually, my first question is, how did it feel coming into this season, looking at this field as a rookie? Was that intimidating? Did you feel confident? Like, what were your feelings coming in? Um, I wouldn't necessarily say, like, confident, but I felt like I have a good chance because, like, I know most of the pros, and it was just, I don't know. I know most of the pros, and it would just be, like, smooth for me because I have a lot of people that I can go to, like, especially from Texas, like AJ, Eddie, all them people. I could just talk to and see how it is. And I think coming in, like, especially when this open, it gives me like a really confident boost for this season. Yeah. And then I was going to say, and then to follow up that question. So once you got in the field, do you feel like it was what you thought? Was it more overwhelming? Like what was the thoughts once you were in it? Um, I say once I was in the field, I think it would just smoothen itself out. Because I've played against a lot of these people, like, just, like, in, like, regionals or, like, conferences, stuff like that. Got so, it. last year, you came on the scene. I can't remember. Was it Mesa? Whenever you played Matt Guy? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was your big breakout. And people in the chat were like, this Gavin kid can't hold a light to Matt Guy. And then I was like, you guys <laughs> don't know. And then you just kind of went off. And I think you might have even won that match. If not, it was a very, very close one. And then moving away from that. Um, in, was it West Virginia, I believe, you and Fisher Hamilton took that one down. So it was kind of ever since that moment that you came onto the scene, you haven't left it. You've been on a steady path. How did the team between you and Fisher team up? Because you're in Texas, he's in Florida. What, when did those conversations start? And then how happy were you when you got him? <laughs> yeah, um, Fisher's insane. He's honestly one of the best players in the world right now. But um, we started... And it was in Las Vegas where me and him won our brackets. And, like, we that's when we just met each other. We kind of, like, met each other, like, off of, like, kind of, like, TikTok. And, like, we started talking about making TikToks together and all this stuff. I love it. <laughs> so then we decided to play an open together because he needed the points to make it solidify mm. itself, like, top eight for juniors. And I needed the points I needed a over a top five finish and doubles for open points. And we partnered up for that and we ended up winning it, which was crazy. I'll tell you, you guys had the same goal and you both accomplished at the same yeah. time. Check yeah. and check. Yeah. Like it was incredible. 
we both won it and you know since we partnered up for the first time and we were both looking for partners and we both didn't know which way to go like for routes because we're both rookies so mm-hmm. we just decided to partner up since we both want to open together did you know like once you guys partnered up that you would be on so many people's like radar like as a top top team as a doubles team like were you like this is probably going to be a powerhouse team or did you think you'd be lower down as rookies uh no i definitely consider us as a top team right now just because both what we bring to the table especially fisher fisher is gonna do his thing on his end and i'm gonna do my thing i feel like i'm a sleeper this year for sure so well, Trey Ryder said that you're yeah, could be one of the best doubles players we have. Yeah, I I'd say that. I think me being on the doubles team, like that's where I like settle down the most. Like in singles, I'm still trying to work on my singles game because I'm I do some dumb shots sometimes. But when I have a partner on the other side that tells me like what to do and like slow me down, I think that's when my game like is at the top. I call that the TikTok mentality. Whenever you guys see what you can do, you've done it one time. Like that makes a cool TikTok. Yeah. And then it comes yeah. down to game time situation where you should not take that shot. <laughs> and then you guys do it because you want that. Da-na-na, you want that highlight reel. Yeah. So I'll tell you one thing though, man, you, uh, you, you got on me in Winterfest. You told me that I need to put you on my list as someone to watch out for. And then you told me that you were throwing with Mark, and I got to give you credit, man. You backed it up. So, yeah. you know, congratulations, one, on landing Mark, and then, two, congratulations on backing it up and having a successful weekend here. But, obviously, drawing Trey Birchfield and the blind draw is not going to hurt you either. So, talk a little bit about going through this weekend with your wins in the blind draw and doubles. Yeah, so, okay, so me and Bella were actually, before the blind draw, we left with Tony and Hunter to go to the Airbnb, but they didn't know where their Airbnb was at. And it was already six o'clock and their Airbnb was 30 minutes away. We went there and back. So that's an hour away. And by that time we got back, it was like seven ten, and like they sent out the bracket like six 55. And I was like going crazy because I got traded because that's crazy. (laughs) I'm about to throw, I'm about to throw to a world champ back to back days. And back-to-back years, they were both world champs. It's It was crazy. Yeah, yeah. And, and you almost missed it. Yeah, almost missed it. Trey was like, we're going to have to forfeit. We're going to have to forfeit. And we didn't. And But the first game with Trey, we almost lost. It was really close. I think it's because I didn't get to warm up at all. I just threw, got there and threw. Like yeah. But it was awesome playing with Trey. Trey was doing his thing with the wizards i think i'm making them fall in love with the wizards especially mark oh mark was- man oh man i know mike kennedy's gonna that. love to hear that yeah, he <laughs> they're both rolling them crazy it was kind of yeah. awesome he, did, was that like something you had to convince him to do was, uh with mark is throw the wizards uh no so he actually texted me like he was practicing with bgs and i was I told him I wanted to throw snipers because I used to throw snipers and I was actually pretty good with them when I first started. And he said that he wanted to throw mine. So I was like, okay, so I got some that I'm really liking right now. Perfect speed for us. And that, I guess it worked for itself. I mean, yeah, especially with the boards being slow, I was worried. You know, I mean, the Wizards aren't the slowest carpet bag, but um, like, was that worrying you at all? Because I, all I heard was that the boards were super sticky. Um, no, we, he, they played pretty good 
through that condition just because I think I just got them. Like, I haven't really thrown them much, but, like, I don't know. They're pretty good. I don't know how to explain it. They play, the carpet, the BG carpet, that wizard side plays perfectly through any condition. So you threw, you pretty, you throw pretty flat and you throw pretty hard anyway. So you yeah. were actually sticking with the sticky side push. And I was actually kind of impressed quite a bit with your arm over the board. You were able to hit that lane, sticky side collecting, or sticky side hitting that small gap and getting it to fall back in the hole left or right. So pre yeah. pretty impressed as far as what I saw in person. Um, let's talk a little bit about going into Sunday. So going into doubles, it was either you or Trey Birchfield would have a chance to go for the trifecta on Sunday and win all three opens, the tie baby goats record. And then Sunday, you're trucking right along in that singles bracket. I thought you were going to do it. Um, you yeah. were actually my pick to come out of that bracket. And then, of course... Alan Rawls is like, hey, I got something to play for, too. So talk about the, the thought process leading up to that match with Alan and what your thought process was going into Sunday. Yeah, my thought process going into Sunday was like, I know I can, I can win singles. I know I can do it. I wanted it so bad because, you know, Alex Hicks is the only way to do it, and that would be awesome for me to do it as well. And uh, But I watched Alan's game before that. He was... He was on fire, I'll tell you. <laughs> and going into the game, I was like, I gotta block him. I gotta, I gotta block him because he's not gonna miss. And so, I blocked him a little bit, but I kind of missed a little bit to left, and it wouldn't work because his bag kind of has like an angle. So is that something that you did the, the whole tournament leading up to that? Try and block your opponents, or is that something you specifically you want to do for Allen only? No, I I try to block at least every round just because like I try to score points. Sometimes, sometimes I try to do it a little bit too much, but I think it works out for me most of the time. Um, but against Allen, yeah, I try to block him like almost every bag because I know what he he's not gonna, especially in that building. It's crazy, like yeah, something yeah. special. He yeah, he yeah he beat me like a twenty one eight. I think he was on fire. I the last bag I had one off to the left. He had he had one in front of in front of the hole, like four inches behind the hole though. And I blocked behind it and he somehow drags it. And I was just like, <laughs> I was like, what the heck? So it you're was, untouchable right now. Okay. We got it. <laughs> like You got it. You, you got it. <laughs> yeah. Do you think there is an advantage, like a home field advantage in a way? Like if you're playing in your home state? Mm, I'd say so. Yeah. I, especially for Allen there. I mean, back to back. It's crazy. He's not the only one, though. Like We've seen that a few times where people are winning in their home states. Like, I don't know if it's like sleeping in your own bed or I mean, Florida's huge. So you don't necessarily sleep in your own bed just because it's in Florida. <laughs> it could be six hours away, but I don't know what that is. Not, not sure if that helps Gavin, though, because there's like 30 people from Texas. <laughs> so yeah, they, all, they all have home field advantage so yeah we'll say well florida florida's stacked right <laughs> and texas texas is also really big um like are you close to corpus christi at all uh yeah i'm like four hours away no but yeah but you're still not sleeping in your own bed so you're still no, you're still bad. in travel mode yeah yeah it's not in your backyard airbnb and stuff yeah 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 are you excited <laughs> for your first national though i mean how do you feel about that Oh uh, yeah, I'm very excited for it. Um, I know I gotta. I put in a lot of work, you know. Like right now, I'm fixing to go practice. Like I'm ready for it. I'm gonna be ready for it. What is Got your practice routine? Um, I usually just just throw, and then I kind of work on my push, like you said, like the sticky side, 
and then I usually put like a block down to see how I can maneuver around the blocks and stuff. Yeah, I usually just like try to go for the hole, and then I throw with Bella every day, so we play against each other all the time. So, are you a four bag or an eight bag kind of guy when you practice? Four bagger. I don't. I don't throw two sets. It'll stack up the much. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. So when you're mm -hmm. playing with Bella, what's the winning percentage between the two of you? <laughs> She's not gonna like you for this, but I'd probably say like eighty twenty. Me. Oh uh, no, Bella! I have to say though, playing against your significant other is difficult. Like yeah, she, my husband is in my head before I even walk up to the board. Yeah. <laughs> so Wait, stay I feel single, like, folks. Stay single. Keep your game that, up. Yeah. Because <laughs> I, I feel like I play better against people his same level as long as it's not him. Yeah. For sure. She always tries to like mess me up and stuff by like clapping and doing all this stuff. That helps me too. <laughs> that helps you? Yeah, it like helps me get ready for stuff like that. Cause like we I used to play TCL and like there's a bunch of rowdy people in there, so Mm. <laughs> well, if you, if Gavin, you ever so you get a super hole, that's what it's like. Gavin, you got to tell the Texas people, man, that I got nothing but love for Texas, dude. They come in my chat nonstop. They're they're complaining if they don't get to see Justin Burton Jr., Sammy Soto, Logan, you or something. <laughs> and I always have fun with it. I always pick back at him. I, I think some of them don't know that I'm joking around with them. Like, I, I don't control who comes to the main broadcast court anymore. Um, so... <laughs> Whenever I'm like, oh, we're not getting that Texas guy on there. Come on, he's from Texas. Nobody wants to see that. <laughs> Nobody like, wants that, that. that. That's just like adding fuel to the fire. The Texas chat. You got to let them know, Gavin. I love Texas. Tell them. Yeah, um, I think he loves Texas. I'm not. Sure. <laughs> he did not even back you up. Well, I'm actually thinking about going down there early um, for Corpus Christi and maybe checking out some places. I've been talking with oh. AJ Sims and Eddie Gernersleeve about maybe moving down to Texas. So. I guess I'll have to move there to force the issue that I I appreciate Texas. We'll, we'll see, see how much I love you. Here I am. Yeah, we'll see how much I love you. <laughs> <laughs> what is, what about your mental game, Gavin? Do you do anything to prepare yourself mentally? Um, mentally, no, not really. I just go there and play. I just kind of used to just going to tournaments every weekend and just throwing bags. It's I but like. Really what about like when you're getting like, cause we are, we all have emotions that come up during our game, right? Whether you get like mad because you missed a bag or frustrated um, with yourself or with, with your partner, anything like that. So do you feel like you're able to easily navigate through the emotions and let them go? Do you feel like they linger? Like what do you do when you have those kind of emotional reactions in the middle of the game? Um, For me, that's one thing I'm working on. Like I get pretty mad. Like when I like miss bags, that I shouldn't like, easy bags like a push where I have bumpers like like I shouldn't miss those type of bags those are the type of shots that I work on all the time but I think it kind of lingers with me throughout the game and that's something I'm still trying to work on for sure and this What's is all you do like you don't have another job right no sir so it sounds me like he's taking the mind part out of it now it's just body repetitions <laughs> yeah well I mean do. the body repetitions are great if you can turn off your mind just let your body do your thing but you're human so that's kind of impossible <laughs> but, but um when you do miss a bag what's kind of that self-talk that you have that's kind of you think getting in the way um be like come on like or usually like like say something I shouldn't like <laughs> you know how that goes i think <laughs> just beat beating yourself up a little bit beating myself up for sure it's yeah 
something I shouldn't do, but I think that's something I'm going to work on this week in Louisiana, try to play with my headphones in and keep it cool. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you can't not have emotions. You just yeah. have to let them go, right? What were some goals for you going into the season and have those goals changed as far as where you wanted to finish in rankings and stuff like that? Um, my goals this season, I didn't really have goals, but I think now I think I got to set them goals just to see where I'm at. Like this season, I was just going to go in and play because I don't really know how it is. But hearing from people like around Texas, like it's it's a grind, like especially like from what Bella tells me, she says, you're going to be playing at nationals all day, every day. Cause once you're in the bracket for the nationals, you lose, but you, you're not out. You have to play stacks and stuff. So mm-hmm. that's just easiest. Don't lose. Yeah. <laughs> Super <Same> simple. Right. <laughs> Molly's got the solution for everybody. <laughs> just don't lose. Oh man. Well, Gavin, it has been an awesome start to your season. I uh, look forward to seeing how it continues for you and seeing you at the top of those lists. Thank you so much for joining us. Yes, ma'am. Thank you for having me. Thank you, Wally. Hey, I appreciate it, man. All right. We'll, we'll take a quick break here. We'll be right back with Alan Rawls after this. Thank you. All right, we had an awesome uh, chat with Gavin Cano, and next up we have Alan Rawls. Uh, we're going to bring him on and talk to him about his big weekend this past weekend and the coincidence coincidence of winning in the same place back-to-back years. We'll find out, but uh, welcome to the show, Alan. Hey, how's it going? Appreciate What's you. What's up, brother? Yeah, how's it going? Yeah, it's, it's a pretty big weekend for you, huh? Yeah, I had a pretty good weekend. Like to shout out my sponsor, Ultra, for allowing me to do what I love and just give them appreciation. <clears throat> and last year, were you sponsored by Ultra also? No, or I was just actually sponsored year? by Lucky. Lucky last oh, year. Okay. okay. Yeah, that so it doesn't sense. matter what bags, doesn't matter who was there. It's just the building and whatever you want to throw. <laughs> the building, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, well, that's amazing, man. It's hard to go back to back, especially with that. You already got the target on your back. So you're going to get everybody's best game. Um, yeah. We just got done talking to Gavin. You played him in the same bracket. Um, I actually think you guys had a pretty decent bracket to get to that point. I saw that match coming. Was mm-hmm. it on your mind to stop him from getting the trifecta, or was it just pretty much blinders, I got to win this thing anyway? I ain't going to lie. I, I, I wanted to be in his way, but I, I also knew I had to chip on my shoulder because I wanted to repeat. But... um. <clears throat> I just had to do what I do. I mean, do you think it's a coincidence or do you think there's like home field advantage? Like what did your mind, did you go in with a different mindset? I'm just curious what I, led to that success. I know it helps to play in your home crowd because you got people pulling for you. <clears throat> but I also had a lot on my mind this uh, week because I've been at the hospital with my grandpa. So I wanted to dedicate this win to him and I was able to go out and do that. So that, that was the biggest thing for me, just being able to – it meant a lot to double dip and win it back-to-back, but <clears> yeah. – Yeah. Anytime I, you got I, that extra little bit of motivation, it definitely does help. And even if it's uh, on a spiritual level, sometimes you yeah. doesn't matter if it gives you a couple extra points or not, you'll take them where you can get them. Yes, sir. Yeah, that, we kind of saw that with Adam Hisner, right, when he had lost his friend and, and went out and won his next uh, – 
big tournament. I can't remember if it was an open or a national, but um, having that, that extra grind, you know, to, to motivate you. So uh, sending prayers out to your grandpa. I hope everything turns out. Okay. Appreciate that. <clears throat> but yeah, sometimes that's the extra edge. We talk about the cornhole gods, right? Yeah. I definitely had some bags go my way. I, I should have lost my first one to Ben Brown in the final eight, but I got lucky. And from there, I just, I don't know. Yeah, there was no luck after that point. You were lights out. Everyone around the building was murmuring the same thing. When Alan gets like this, he's unstoppable. And this is the second year in a row we've seen it. So, I wish I could all the time, but <laughs> <laughs> now we expect big things out of you. Now, you know, now you backed it up, so it's not a fluke anymore. It wasn't one of these things where it's like, who was that guy? You're on the map, and now you got to stay there. That's the goal is to transfer it to a national because I've had mm -hmm. good opens, but. I think my best national has been like a seventh place. So, why do you think that is? I don't. I don't know. It's, it's just a it's a different feel, I guess. But I'm looking to do big things this year. So, especially when you get your brother's Alex, and he's always getting first or second. So mm -hmm. you to, because you know you could play just be just as good as him. But I was just gonna ask you. I was like, does this make you officially Alan Rawls and not Alex's brother anymore? Uh, I mean. He's, I'm always better than him. <laughs> <laughs> no, you have to say, though, this past um, Open, I think Anthony said there was how many in the top 10? Was it like seven or I can't remember the number. My point being, it was pretty similar to what you're going to face in the National. There's a lot of big names this weekend. It is. It's just a matter of trans translating it to a National and just... I don't know, getting through that hump is the next stage, I guess. <clears throat> Do you feel like your mindset changes going into a national? Like, are you conscious of any differences going in? I mean, it, sh it shouldn't be, but I guess I, there is because it's just... I don't know, last year was my rookie season, so going into year two, I think I got a lot more confidence, and I'm confident in my throw right now, so I think, I think I'll be good this season, <clears throat> especially... With Chris Kingsbury, we're going to be making some runs. Yeah, I'm very, very high on you guys this year. I got you guys on my teams. I'm looking forward to seeing what you guys do this entire season. But we do got to address the elephant in the room with the 12 second clock, man. Mish <laughs> is not a fan of how not long you and Chris take. Uh, so, are you guys adjusting since that Myrtle Beach? Um, are you guys talking about it, or do you guys just continue to play your game? What's going on there? We know it's definitely everyone's going to be watching for that. So we know we got to pick up our pace a little bit, but. I feel like I I did I I never went over twelve this weekend, so I try to be conscious of that. But yeah, I don't. Sometimes it's just you're in the moment; you're not even thinking about it. Not that's just what it is. It's not trying to mess anyone up or anything like that. But yeah, you guys are routine throwers. You have your flips that you normally do, and he has his you know routine that he does before he throws a bag as well. Um, teaming up with Chris this year. Chris was in the offseason. We were kind of talking about looking for partners and. Whenever he mentioned your name, I was like, oh, that one makes sense. I like that a lot. So kind of walk through that off-season process of how you guys paired up. Well, I, I knew Chris wants to win just as much as me. We both throw a similar bag. We're not really rollers or trying to do fanciness. We just want to go in the hole. And I think we're both just playing for the same reason, to be world champions. And that's pretty much it made sense. We're both from Florida, play regionals, conferences together. So... That's just it just happened. 
<clears throat> That's actually a, a great point. We've been talking a lot about this lately. I've noticed a lot of pros in opens will pair up with people other than their dedicated pro partner. What are your thoughts about that as opposed to trying to play with your pro partner as much as possible? I mean, I get it. Sometimes it's fun to switch it up and play with other good players and different routines. But I think anytime you could play with your actual partner and just build as much chemistry together, I think that's always going to help. But, <clears throat> I mean, I don't know if there's really any big advantage to always playing with your pro partner, but I, I guess it just depends on the person. We always try to play in the same tourney, so I don't know to each their own. <clears throat> and so in Florida, you guys have these regionals that you mentioned where it's just nothing but elite and stacked players. So... <laughs> Whenever you go to these opens and you're playing with each other, elite and stacked players, whether they're mixing or matching or not, you have a large memory bank to recall certain situations against certain players. So you guys don't really talk too much on the boards, but how much do you guys recall from match to match or person to person about what to do and how to strategize going in against these elite level players? <clears throat> we, just, we just try to put bags in the hole and, that's just our strategy. We know some players are going to want to block us more. Like Alex, he's always going to try to block me. And other, But you just got to go through them and just stick with a game plan. I mean, So your bag, your bag, your goal is hole every single time. You're not going to try and out-strategize them or anything like that. Yeah. Just keep it simple. That's, that's pretty much Grind them. That's yeah. my best shot, I think, is my push shot. So I might as well use it. And if someone blocks me, just keep going through it. It's hard to beat them when someone's on their push. But yeah. <clears throat> that's pretty much our game plan. Just bag for bag, go in the hole, nothing special. Just but it wears it wears people down. I mean, that's kind of what I think works really well when you're so good at running bags is it becomes these marathons unless they start doing things to stop you, which could mess them up potentially. Um because yeah. I know when you play like a Mac guy or even a Cheyenne, or, I mean, it's like marathon games. You're like, oh my goodness, how many rounds is this going to go? And I just feel like that's, is that the strategy? Just kind of like wear them down. Eventually they'll start making mistakes. Yeah, just try to make as many bags as possible. I actually prefer to play people like Mac guy and Cheyenne that just go bag for bag because I'm not scared to do that. But people that dirty up the board, sometimes it can be harder games, but. I don't know. At the end of the day, just put more bags in the hole in your opponent. So that's what that's what it's about. <clears throat> I was like your advice earlier, Wally. Just don't lose. Yeah, just don't lose. <laughs> so, so, I don't know why pros gotta... don't take that advice. I give it out all the time. It's just it's simple. <laughs> just don't lose. <laughs> now, there. the bags you won with this weekend, um, were these the same Vipers you won with last year? Uh, last year I was throwing snipers. Oh, you won snipers. That's right. Okay. So yeah. are, the, are these Vipers 2023 stamp or are you going to have to find a new bag? Or 2023. They are? Okay. Oh, I'll say somebody, somebody was asking about it, and I was like, I thought they were 23, but I can't remember what he won with last year. And then they put that in my head. But, yeah, it's 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 becoming a topic now. People got to get ready for the Nationals. Are their bags broken? Are they ready to go? So good to yeah. hear that you're already one step ahead of the game. And is Viper your go-to bag, or do you switch it up based on board conditions? It's pretty much go-to Viper, but I'll mess around with the Viper R. Those are really good bags. I can roll better with those. I'm not really a roller, but I also like the Psycho Xs. But those are pretty much my three bags. My Vipers are the go-to. Gotcha. 
Yeah, I was going to say, I wouldn't have thought the Viper R would be your bag of choice. That's interesting. When you teamed up with Ultra, how did that happen? Was that a bag that you already enjoyed throwing, or did they reach out to you and you said, let's do it, or kind of how did that happen? Uh, they were kind of just... I knew they were a good company because a bunch of people throw them, and I know they had good bags, but it just came down to contracts and who could pay out the most. I don't know. Just yeah. I like Ultra, so I, I wasn't really too familiar with their bags, but after I got the Viper, it was like, there's no difference. It really don't matter. You just, just got to throw them in the hole. And then the Ultra's got a really nice team behind it, too. There's a lot of Ultra sponsor players. Do you like being part of a bigger team like that? Oh, yeah. It, it really don't matter to me. I mean, most of the Ultra players are West Coast people, so I haven't really got to meet too many of them, but we have a few in Florida. But, uh, <clears throat> yeah, bigger family is always good, but I like the bags. That's all that matters. So. Yeah, they're good bags. <clears throat> well, it was pretty cool to see you go back-to-back back on that. What are your goals going forward for the rest of the season? What, what do you and Chris have uh, planned for doubles, you know, overall national championship, world championship, or – just get an open win and go from there. What do you guys got planned? I think, I think every pro's goal is, is to be a champion. So that's definitely on our mind. We, I definitely want, for personally, I want to do way better at nationals because I know I can. It's just a matter of playing my potential. <clears throat> but I think uh, me and Kingsbury, we have the potential to be a top 10 team. We just got to. I've been telling people. <laughs> we just got to do what we know we can do and just let it go from there. How do you guys interact as a team? Like if there's someone's off or missing bags, is this something that you just stay quiet? Do you talk to each other? How do you interact? Uh, we pretty much just tell each other, just play your game. Just, I mean, that's just it. You just got to play your game. And if someone's off, you just got to capitalize on them and pick your partner up when he's down, vice versa. We always, we never get mad at each other. We just do what you want to do and just go from there. <clears throat> yeah, that helps when you have like a similar style. I know like if one player is way more aggressive and that, that can get a little sticky. Um, yeah. But it sounds like you guys kind of have the same thought process when it comes to shot selecting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, good stuff real quick before we get rid of you, man. I do. Uh, I know you're losing sleep over it um, because you've been worried now that I have a better partner lined up for Spencer McKenzie. You're not going to get me this year, man. <laughs> uh, Alan sent me to the loser's bracket last year. so this. Dang year, it, Alan. How Thompson. dare you? <laughs> I dare you. I dare you to step to the course against me. I, I, I broadcast all my games, Wally, because I always throw good. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, if I happen to play against you in the finals at Spencer, I'll have to commentate and throw, I guess. I guess I'll <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll right, put bro. a we'll put a headset on you, Wally. You I'm down. Talk as you throw. <laughs> all right, Alan. Thanks so much for joining us. We so appreciate your time and congrats on all your success and good luck uh, going going forward here. Right, thank you. Appreciate you, right, brother. Yep, good job. Yeah, man. no, no problem. All right, we're gonna take a quick break and we we'll back with a uh, mindset with Mish right after this. So, Wally, I don't know if you saw on Facebook, but I uh, created this little graphic about the phases of a cornhole player, and I thought it'd be fun to talk about it today on the show. What do you think? I think so. 
Plus, we got six minutes to kill, so let's do it. Well, it's not really, yeah. <laughs> well, there is that. And there's no highlights. And there's no highlights. Because so you get what you get. All right. No, uh, no so it's informative. Yeah, actually, and what came, how it came about was I was uh, watching this training on um, the nervous system and the different ways we respond to stress. So, you know, fight, flight, mm -hmm. freeze, and some people yeah. might not be familiar with fawn. So there's fight, fight, freeze, freeze and fawn. Um, and I started thinking about like what happens to a cornhole player when they lose or when they have a bad bag. And it is technically a stress response. I know that seems silly. It's, it's a perceived threat. It's not an actual threat. Um, but it is a threat to the nervous system because it's a highly emotional state. Um, and so I want to talk about, you know, the, these phases and, and why it's important to understand your response. Because for men, you're most often going to see fight right? That's your natural response. Like, I'm going to go punch a wall. I'm going to scream. I'm going to yell. I'm going to be mean, whatever. That's a normal response to the anger. Um, and with women, you're most often going to see fawn, which is like the people pleasing, like, I'm so sorry, my bad. I shouldn't have done that. I should be better. Um, and I'm not saying that's always the case, but that's kind of the majority of the time. Um, so that's how this all came about in my head. And then I was like, I'm going to create a course on how to navigate through all these phases. So um, here, here's the phase one. You're stuck. Well, when I say phases, I don't mean like uh, they necessarily have to build on one another. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's just different phases of when you're playing. Like phase one is what's happening before you come up to the boards, right? And that's when you're going to start to feel potentially some um, need for approval. Like, oh, I want people to think I'm good. I don't want people to think I suck. I want um, to get kudos after the game. Um, and also some fear of rejection and embarrassment. Like, I don't want people to think like to see me suck, um, especially if you're known for being good. <laughs> that one can be really strong. And then lack of confidence, right? Like this person's better than me. I'm not really good at this game. I sometimes miss bags, whatever. So those are all the things that, and, and there's potentially more, but these are the big ones I see come up before walking up to the board. And then during you have that obviously pressure to perform, which we talk about a lot. Like how do we perform under pressure? Do we um, choke or are we able to rise to the challenge? Um, disembodiment. That's another way of saying, you know, not being in your body or being stuck in your head, which we hear about a lot. And then of course, all the emotions, you know, feelings, nervousness, anger, frustration, shame. Um, and then the last one that is really important that I don't think is talked about enough is the need to control the outcome. We become really attached to the outcome. How could we not, right? We just talked to two this pros. One of my biggest things is I always think about, for the longest time, I thought about telling people that I want a match or like I, I, mm -hmm. I jumped the gun and got to the yeah. end before I was enjoying the process. Yeah, exactly. And, and the truth is we don't ever control the outcome as like, I was going to say, like we talked to these pros and they said like, I want to win. I want, I want the big championship. I want the title. Of course you want all those things. It's natural to want all those things. You just can't convince yourself that you actually control that. <laughs> so yeah. you can practice all the, you could put all the practice, you could put all the time, you could do all the stuff and you could still lose, right? There's no guarantee you're going to win just because you did the things. Uh, so we really have to let go of controlling the outcome. All we can control is our own state, like how we feel, right? Mm -hmm. um, and then after the tournament, this is where I was saying where this kind of idea all came to me was thinking about the nervous system triggers. So when you lose or when you have a bad round or when you miss the big shot and, and all of that is going to actually create a stress response to the nervous system, which is a perceived threat. It's not an actual threat, but it creates the same processes, which is fight, flight, freeze, or fawn. Um, like I said, you're probably most familiar with fight, flight, and freeze. 
the fawn one is the one that I think people don't necessarily hear about, but it's really common. And it kind of plays into the next two things, which are negotiating or blaming like, Oh man, it's just cause of the stupid bags or my partner or the boards or, you know, whatever we, and, and that happens because we can't, and same with excuse making. Um, that's a cognitive dissonance thing. Like we can't handle having our brain be at odds. So like we have this emotional experience we're having, we're having the thoughts that accompany it. They're, they're not making sense to us. So we have to negotiate or blame or make excuses so that everything calms down in our brain. Like, Oh, that's that why. Little part okay, is contagious too. That little part <laughs> yeah, is contagious I know, right? Is the very, very first person that asked on the live feed, are the boards sticky or slow? Then all of a sudden everybody's like, oh, the boards are slow. So it's not my style or something like yes. that. Yes. So. Yes, yeah. exactly. You were looking and, and this happens like a funny example um, is like you could like in the morning, like drop your your food on the floor or whatever and be like, oh, mm -hmm. that's because my freaking husband didn't, you know, <laughs> didn't clean the dishes like all the way. It's too slippery. <laughs> right, exactly. Like that's what we do because we can't handle the emotions that come up that you just mm -hmm. dropped your thing or what you know what I mean? Like we and so it's all about recognizing this. And so I just want to bring them all to your attention because the solution is just an awareness of all of them. Like this is what's happening. So I'm going to create a course on this. I'm super excited about it because this is my, the most fun that I have is in this little wheelhouse. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, stay tuned for that, but, um, Sign that's all up. we got time for. <laughs> Sign me up. All, all right, right, Wally, you're on the list. All right. all right, guys, that's all we got time for today. Thank you so much for joining us and we'll see you all next time.